church. It's on N Street. Actually, it is the first Holy Trinity Church. Not the first. It's the one that survived from the first. And I was doing a baptism, an infant baptism, and you know, you gather everybody around and the older siblings are running around the chapel acting like they're just a little crazy. It's the first chapter in my book on the joys of attempting celibacy. I don't have to worry about little kids running around church. You know about little kids running around church. Um, anyway, we did all the preparation rites. We did the readings and we did the prayers. And I looked at the font and the font was fine. There's this water, I had felt it, it was cold. We're running around doing a variety of things and getting ready. And I said, okay, so now we go to the font, right? There was no water in the font. There had been water in the font three minutes before. One of the wonderful little <clears throat> children had gone to something that I didn't know even existed. Next to the switch that turns on the organ is another switch. Yeah, you got it. It fills and empties the font. Older brother had turned the switch and there was no water in the font. None of us knew what to do. We had to discover this over time. It took us five minutes to find the sacristan who come in and said, only a Kemp baptism <laughs> would the water go out of the font. I bring it up to say something that I think is terribly meaningful. The signs, the symbols, the wondrous things that we do today the things that we touch day in and day out have meaning for us and the invitation is to go deeper into those meanings and to develop that inner musculature that enables us to face the death and the destruction and the evils and the sin and whatever else is around us. In the mid-70s, the younger sister of Father Jerry Sloyan. Do you know who Father Jerry Sloyan is? Anybody here know who Father Jerry Sloyan is? Just give me some nod that you might even know the name. Do you know the name, anybody? Father Jerry Sloyan is that older priest who has found his way to live among us in the mercy home. He is 97 years old. Don't give me any plaudits about how old you are. He's going to be 98 in December. He's 21 years older than I am. He's 13 years more ordained. Forget my jubilee. This guy's got it all. He's a priest of Trenton. He ran the Department of Religious Studies at Catholic University for years. He's the guy that brought to CU everything that had to do with sacramental preparation and religious education the Nouvelle Théologique from Europe back in the 50s and the 60s. When I was not impressed with what I was getting in the seminary, I went there for summer school. Jerry Sloyan is a treasure. Give him wide range 
to be a little bit behind the rest of us, but the reason he speaks with determination at Mass, you heard him, right, is because he really believes this. He believes it so much, he believes in liturgy and the scripture and the power of liturgy so much, that's why he's so determined. And his sister worked for a thing called the Liturgical Conference, and in the mid-70s, I'm at St. Augustine's, as you well know, and I'm trying to figure out what this new rite of Christian initiation of adults is all about. His sister invited me down to pick up a copy of it, and she said, you can try it. It's meant for experimental use. And in the mid-70s, we put the rite of Christian initiation of adults together. I did not understand what I was doing. I am a slow learner. You know that. The people that taught me were the people of St. Augustine's. The sedality, any sodalists in here? Sodalists, 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 they decorated the church. Hello, the sedality of St. Augustine took the converts from the priest back in the day and told them what it was really like to be a Catholic over the course of a year's initiation. Can I get an amen? amen. Who teaches what it is to be Catholic? Your brothers and your sisters, your mothers and your fathers, the people that you find in church, they taught them over the years. And what I learned in trying to put together this rite of Christian initiation of adults and what the experience was at St. Augustine's where this sodality was gung-ho, I mean, they did all the rites of coming into the sodality as if they were anticipating what the rite of Christian initiation of adults was. Turns out it's what you do when you initiate people into a community. We had a wondrous time last night. Give that choir a round of applause. They're back this morning. I'm gonna be real quick. Here's the message. What I learned from the rite of Christian initiation of adults was, you take a year to three years and 40 days to look sin, death, destruction in the face. And over the process of that time, with the help of the Holy Spirit, you face the sin in yourself, the evils in the world, and you understand what strength there is and what the call to conversion is about. That's literally the meaning of the catechumenate. It's a place where you go to grow. Comes now this period where everybody thinks it's all over. Wrong. What the mothers and the fathers of the early church knew, because they kept the signs somewhat secret from people, was that this was the time to develop the musculature to deal with sudden death, with disease, with war, with famine with the things that surround us. It's called mystagogy. Greeks understand mystagogia. It is, what does it all mean for you? How do you bring it home? And the invitation is to take 50 days to look at the church's experience with the risen Christ, with the witnesses that are there, and to delve deeper, deeper, deeper into those meanings so that we are able to handle what life throws at us. Are you with me? These readings, there are 50 days worth of readings just like there were 40 days worth of readings. 50 days worth of readings 
where a church largely in jail begins to understand what it is to live the life of Christ. And they do it especially around the signs and the symbols. And this is what I want to leave with you this morning. Over the next 50 days, you're going to touch signs and symbols that we worked with last night that will come up over and over and over again. You hear about going down into dying with Christ and coming up rising. Think for a minute about these symbols, the meanings in your own life. Did you light your stove this morning? Are you going to light it soon? You're going to cook something, right? Fire. What's fire? Fire for the Christian had to do with a passionate love of Christ, had to do with the outpouring of the Spirit. Where's the Spirit in your life? When you turn on a stove, can you think about the fire of faith? Did you shower this morning? I'm going to need another one after this. (laughs) When you go under the water, that water cleanses you from sin. Is it still cleaning you from sin? Is it giving you life? How many glasses of water did you drink before you got here? Think about water. Think about from the earth. Think about into the earth and out of the earth. That dying, rising mystery is something that the church grabs hold of. That's what we're here to celebrate. Look at spring. It's become summer real quick, but look at spring and understand what's going on. I'll take balsamic vinaigrette, right? Every time you think about oil, every time you put on a lotion, do you see yourself chrismated? Do you see yourself anointed for service to bring about the kingdom of God in this world now? Do you see your confirmation as something coming to full bloom and full blossom with you? We're going to take the bread and the cup. Where'd that wine come from? A seed died. Wheat became something that was wondrously nourishing for us. It got broken and formed into an unleavened bread. Throw out that old yeast. If you want to put yeast in, bring in something new, the new life of Christ. That bread is for strength in this world of ours. That grape, that wondrous grape from the earth and crushed give you a little bit of a relaxation, a little natural kind of peace. Some of you know about the grape, the fruit of the vine. That fruit of the vine is meant to give you a sense of joy in the middle of this world of ours. That presence that the disciples are going to experience when they greet the risen Christ. Chicks out of eggs is much later. But you get the symbolism. A risen one out of an egg, a cracking open of a tomb, a sense of new life. We're anointed for a purpose. We're strengthened. We strengthen one another. We give one another a sense of joy. We carry one another through the trials and the tribulations of life. The promise of heaven, of life on high. For those who die, I'm telling you, what meaning do these symbols have for you? What meaning are you making of life? This Easter is not about something past. 
It's about something that you grab hold of now and look towards the future. Life's opening out for us. The sounds of the babies in this church are sounds that should awaken us to the fullness and to the possibilities. Sisters and brothers, are you not aware that we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? By baptism into his death, we were buried together with him so that just as he was raised from the dead, just as he was raised from the dead by glory, the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. It's good to see you new. Happy Easter.